This episode of the Podular Modcast is brought to you by Recovery Effects and Devices. Quality handmade effects and modules paying homage to classic, synth, and effects designs while innovating for today's studios and musicians. Hello, my name is Tim Held. Welcome to the Podular Modcast, where we... Scale the sonic piece, modular Welcome to another episode of the Podula Modcast. Today's guest is Chad Allen. He is a co-founder, co-owner of Switched On Austin, an amazing synth shop, and really much more than a synth shop, as you'll see when we get into our talk. But my fiance and I were on down in Austin, Texas for a wedding, and it was also the first weekend of South by Southwest. This episode is a product of serendipity. Uh, it was really funny. I hadn't planned on doing uh, an episode while I was down there, because I really didn't have any, re- I didn't, I didn't want to bring all the recording equipment that it would take to do that. Um, but a few days before I left, Ian and I had a talk with Leela Smith, whose episode will be coming up pretty soon, and she had this Zoom H6 field recorder that she asked if we wanted because she thought we would get better use out of it. So this was like literally a few days before we left. So I reached out to Switched On to see if anybody would want to talk. I got a, an email response from Chad. I wasn't sure who he was in relation to the company. All I knew is I was meeting him there Saturday morning at noon. So yeah, I woke up, um, walked walked across Austin and, and ended up at Switched On. And we sat down and had a really nice chat. I want to thank Chad for his patience because I had zero preparation for this. And I was I was actually pretty nervous uh, for some reason being, you know, out of, from out of town and he he has no idea who I was, and I was coming into his, his house, and I don't know. Um, I'm still figuring out how to be a podcast host. So yeah, thank, thanks, Chad. That was that was really cool. So funny story about the music that you hear right now. This intro music it is by Panabright or Norm Chambers, who is a friend of the show uh, from Seattle. Uh, I've played some shows with him in the past, and I, I think Ian has too. Um, but Panabright is kind of a staple in the ambient modular community. Not just Seattle, but the, the greater ambient modular community. Um, but anyways, at the spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, uh, I asked Chad for some recommendations of some Austin labels or artists, and he recommended a, a, a label. I'll let, him, I'll let him tell you about it. But when I got out of the shop, I, I was waiting for my lift and I looked at Instagram and I saw a picture that Norm had posted of the cover of the compilation album that Chad had just told me about because he's on it. So I just, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. So all in all, I had a really great time in Texas. Austin is amazing. Switched on was so cool. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, then I think it's safe to say that if you close your eyes and imagine your heaven switched on, is a is probably pretty close to what you're seeing and if you're anything like me dear listener you're wondering what did you get while you were there um well chad was nice enough to load me up with a tote bag with uh three different switched on shirts and a cool switched on screwdriver for uh mounting my modules and uh, i bought a wmd 
DPLR delay. It's super cool. So we're about to get to our talk, but I just wanted to say one thing that's going to be a little bit different about this week's episode is there's no uh, patch challenge because we it would have just been... Honestly, I, I felt like it would have been too much of an imposition to ask. And after talking to Chad, he's so cool. I'm sure he would have been fine with it, but it's my fault. I got I got nervous about asking to hook some stuff up, and I, I really didn't want to interrupt their showroom. So this was all done very quickly. So instead, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some tracks from some of the music that uh, Chad recommends at the end of the episode. Uh, I hope you guys check it out, and I hope you enjoy this talk. Thanks again. So you are owner, proprietor, founder of Switched On. Yeah, one of. One, one of. of. Okay. Yeah. And um, how'd you get started? What What was the impetus of a synth shop? Um, on my end, uh, I had been buying and selling synths for um, like three years, I guess, before uh, we started the shop. Uh, John French and I um, had uh, been working on music for a while. Um, collaborating on things we had a little record label for a second putting out just austin electronic groups on seven inch stuff we'd produce and then release um and uh john you know had pretty good electronic music studio at his house so um you know just working together and, and being friends and and both wanting to to do something like this and then we met someone named guy taylor uh who helped us out helped us start the shop he brought in some other people we started with uh, Lars Larson from LZX Industries, was uh, our first web designer and, and repair tech, and uh, you know really helped us uh, form the brand. Modular's kind of been like, has it been something that you've been selling the whole time, just kind of in a, a smaller section of the store, or in something that's grown? Or how? It's definitely grown, yeah. I mean, just because the, the market's grown a lot. Um, uh, but it's not the only thing we do, for sure. It's uh, just, yeah, a part of what we do. Even mm-hmm. though it's really popular, um, we do a variety of things and try to kind of serve the whole spectrum of electronic music. People who just want to use old things or get their old things fixed or trade in their old things for mm-hmm. new things. Yeah. You know, we try to, to have a little bit of, of, of all of that uh, galaxy of electronic music. Okay. So you guys got um, employees who are just primarily, um, you know, working on on stuff for people fixing old stuff or, or repairs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just gave me a tour. It's, qu- it's quite the facility. Nice, <laughs> awesome shop in the back. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any have any designers or builders that work here? Or are you guys working on any, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one of our techs is uh, Dr. Bleep, you know, John Mike uh, Reed from Bleep Labs, mm-hmm. who made a bunch of great instruments um, this century. And um, he's sort of uh, moved into more of, like, a teaching role. So he's been teaching our classes he teaches at the community college. He teaches for a company called Data Geek, okay. which uh, I think he taught an Arduino class recently. Um, and uh, he does some repair here, um, which is nice. And uh, I'm trying to think if any of our other techs really make their own things or have designed things for other people to sell. And 
would say they're mostly doing repair. I mean, they've all kind of worked for other companies and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but uh, but we don't have any people who are yeah designing modules or anything like that okay. right now. Now uh, you mentioned classes, so you guys you guys teach uh, different types of classes here at the store. Yeah, yeah, oh. we teach them here at the store. And okay. Kind of clear out some space in the the big repair room that you saw in the back there. Okay. Um, what are some examples of the classes? We've been teaching just introduction to synthesis, which has okay. been really popular. There are a lot of people who, who need to learn that as their first step uh-huh. and are eager, eager to learn that right now. Um, and we teach a sort of a class that follows up on that intermediate synthesis class that focuses more on modular. Uh, we've taught a no coast class. that's oh. specifically the no coast cool. and learning fundamentals of synthesis with the no coast or, or zero coast or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a really great introduction to, uh, to modular. I think, I think they really, really hit it out of the park with that little guy. Yeah. yeah it's really special and continues yeah. to inspire people, which yeah. is a good sign. And the, the, the contour and the optimics, mm-hmm. those were kind of popular demand right everybody liked those functions of the the no coast so much that they make noise kind of yeah isn't that what happened yeah essentially i mean they it's funny because they already kind of had a version of that i mean the the contour you could say the function or the maths you Uh know because they're they're slope related um and the um dynamics and the optimics being you know similar enough so i'm not really sure you know aside from maybe it's cheaper to produce the the contour and the dynamics. Yeah, I, I just picked up a contour mm-hmm. um, and have been really blown away with how cool it is for its price point. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, definitely. It's really, I'm thinking about getting another one, actually. <laughs> yeah. Do you already have a maths or a um, function? I'm, I'm building a, a rampage at Bifaco. Okay. Yeah, cool. just order the faders. So hopefully mm-hmm. in a few weeks I'll have that. Yeah. Um, the class thing sounds cool. I know Patchworks is, is doing some stuff like that. They have a weekly soldering night where oh, they nice. have someone there who, who's just kind of a skilled builder and uh-huh. people build it, uh, bring in their own projects, their broken stuff and, and kind of learn how to maintain and, and build stuff. So, yeah, that's really essential. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we had a big, uh, scene of that right around the time switched on started. I don't remember what exactly they called it at the time, but, um, it was uh, very kit oriented, so mm-hmm. a lot of different uh, designers here in town were making their own kits, and they all interacted together with infrared light. There'd be a new kit each month. It was a really fun scene, and that kind of split up and spread out as people moved away or focused in on their own companies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Yeah, so a lot of the Portland builders started here. Uh, yeah, I was told recently. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, was it 4MS started in Austin? And- yeah, 4MS, uh, Maleco. Okay. Um, I think I mean you know Lars from LZX lived here for a little bit, but he was mainly based in Denton, okay. Texas. Uh-huh. Um, who else? I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. I know this Debbie is Debbie Ever. Just okay. Uh, mainly a pedal builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. I had a I had some of Debbie's fuzz pedals. Yeah, when I was playing more guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Austin is a music town. Everybody talks about that. Um what's what's the electronic scene like and more specifically is there is there like a a modular scene here? Yeah, definitely a modular scene. Um but the electronic music scene here is fragmented by, you know, different styles of electronic right, music. Right. So yeah. um like exploded drawing is a uh, very much like a, a beat rhythmic based um community here in town uh they just released a, a compilation okay of their like you know seven years of people getting together and sharing their the stuff they're working on it was very like process oriented okay people would get together and perform but maybe perform just so they could get feedback on what they're working on okay like maybe it wasn't a finished product 
wasn't even planned to be a finished product, but they were going to share it anyway. Uh-huh. So it's this cool thing that's kind of built up around exploded drawing. Um, we have like an experimental night that's uh, thriving called uh, Me, My, Mare, Mo Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope I got that right. Um, and that's a whole different thing. That's, uh, you know, maybe more noise oriented or just okay. avant-garde in general. Uh-huh. Um, the, some modular performers perform there. Um, it, but it's more of a catch-all for just uh, obscure forms of music, mm-hmm. I think. Seems like a small enough town where there would be a lot of crossover and kind of, you yeah. know, everybody everybody kind of knows everybody type. Yeah, there's thing. some occasional crossover for sure. Um, we have more of like, a, we have like a little live PA techno kind of scene, uh-huh. you know, survives, you know, from here. Right. We have that, that whole scene. Um, so yeah, and there's crossover and I feel like Switched On has always been like a good crossover point where we've, you know, when we host a show, we've hosted a lot of the different acts, you uh-huh. know, whether it's a holodeck showcase and we have a lot more like um, melodically oriented electronic music or a more experimental showcase or, you know, um, our modular nights where people just get up and, and share something modular wise. Right, so. right. Yeah, we um, we have a modular on the spot faction up in yeah. Seattle um, and I just, I just they're, they're alternating now. They're doing modular on the spot one one night a month and then the next or one day in, in one of mm. the nice beautiful parks we have in Seattle and yeah. then um, they do modular nights now and they just kicked one off and I just did that as one of my first like primarily modular performances so it was to go yeah, well yeah, yeah. Uh, okay <laughs> it's, it's tricky isn't it? <laughs> it it really is and I don't have enough gear right now I made I played for 15 minutes and mm. I would say that the patch that I built for that was an interesting seven minute patch. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, uh-huh. I I changed it up enough, but mm-hmm. after 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 about seven minutes I think it was yeah. it was done. When I think about modular performances like that, I in my mind, you know, think if I were gonna do it, I would I would try to aspire more towards the performer who just uses one instrument. So we have a number of performers who just use a synthy, for example. Uh huh. And um, which is essentially, you know, semi-modular synth, mm-hmm. but something really limited and simple, or someone who just uses a Buchla music easel, for mm-hmm. example. Um, when I think of a Eurorack modular, I think, oh, okay, well, I have actually way more power there, but somehow, you know, all those choices make it more difficult to <laughs> make that, yeah. that really like pure, simple music that someone might make with a, a synthy or a an easel. Yeah, I, I, and I, it's 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 so open ended, and so many so many choices and mm-hmm. paths you could go down, to where it's it's almost kind of debilitating in yeah, a way. It, it can <laughs> it's be. It's kind yeah. of like trying to find trying to find new music to listen to without asking people you trust. You know, yeah. it's just it's. Um, speaking of of all this uh, playing live and, and music, do you do you have a moniker or do you play out live or? I haven't been lately. No, yeah. I'm taking a break from that, kind of trying to figure out what the next thing is. Yeah. Like having all these different styles of music now that that uh, we can experience makes it much harder to decide <laughs> which direction to go. I'm totally with you, man. I'm t- uh, that's one of the reasons I got into modular uh, was well, it was just it was just so fascinating, and it and it my 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 style of approaching creating music um, it's just it almost seems like modular was was made like I I don't know it, it it's like the perfect perfect thing for me because i'm kind of a throw things at the wall and see what sticks yeah. so i can just um but yeah I, I feel you on that it's uh I, i'm trying i'm experimenting with playing guitar mm-hmm. with modular stuff but i yeah it's really fun it's, it's really fun but i think it's hard to do in a not 
cheesy and in an interesting way for me personally. Yeah. Like I got, I got to find that, that, that groove still. But, um, Mm -hmm. currently what kind of modular setup do you, do you like to use or do you have right now? Um, I don't have anything at home at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, my last system employed, uh, mostly, you know, mutable and, and make noise stuff. Okay. Um, I was really kind of happy with just a, a small 104 HP system. Mm-hmm. Didn't take up a lot of space. It was really efficient, but I could do, you know, three, four parts, multi-timbral uh, music with it. Mm-hmm. Um, using a BeatStep Pro it was yeah. really convenient. Um, but yeah, now I'm I uh, kind of reinvested in some vintage things that uh, are kind of waiting to be uh, serviced, uh-huh. <laughs> which takes a little time and. Uh, and hopefully, you know, create something new out of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be launched out into space to yeah. orbit the the Earth for for a year by yourself, yeah. you could only bring five modules with you. Oh, five modules. Yeah. Okay. What would, what would you bring? <laughs> uh, five maths. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been surprised with the lack of maths on the list. I really? thought maths would be the. I think it's only been on two people mm-hmm. out of the the 10 that I've done so far. I mean, I've really learned modular with a surge system. So to me, the slope is um, the be all end all of uh, synthesis modules. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a good filter, but um, you can get, you know, a little of the way there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we're talking Euro rack modules, yeah, you know, the mass, if we're talking, you know, uh, a five module surge panel, then, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, was never a big uh, smooth stepped fan. Um, I like the Woggle Bug a lot. That, yeah. that version of it's really fun. But uh, but yeah, something about the slope. And um, when I finally get to play with the paper face system, it seemed like a lot of the modules were just different variations on the slope. Uh-huh. And I just I love something fundamental about that. I really really appreciate the the simplicity of it, and it's limited in a way that's limitless it does so many things but at the same time it's really like uh simple to address simple to work with uh-huh. so there's a bunch of other modules i like but how to decide you know it's really tough <laughs> and, and like i said it's not really very realistic because trying to yeah, yeah. to have five it, that would, that's kind of the bare minimum just to get yeah. some noise happening and yeah. i don't count output mixer as <laughs> okay. one of them um, okay good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i could i could i could make do with you know I really loved in my last system. I you know had a maths and an MMG, and I think I had a maths and a function because I just loved the slope so much. And I don't really necessarily need it to be quantized or mm. um, so. Working with the you know a slope as an oscillator, I'm fine with it being microtonal or atonal, mm. uh, so long as there's some variation in pitch. Yeah. But, uh, what else is good? I feel like uh, you know a Renee sequencer would be really handy just because. There's, uh, I don't own one, so I feel like owning one, you could really get deep with it. Yeah, yeah, that thing looks pretty crazy. I, I feel like I'm never using it to its full potential, mm-hmm. but um, I like that module a bunch. I really enjoyed my braids and my rings just for creating like immediate, um, pleasing textures. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just so like instantly enjoyable. 
I've yet to play with the plates. We just got our, our plates in, but they're all sold already. Yeah. So yeah I'm not going to get to use one. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to Johnny out in the, the mm-hmm. storefront there about that. And I asked him what he thought of it. And he said, they're, they're just gone. They're already yeah. gone. <laughs> we, we forgot to keep one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I use a braids and I like it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still, still trying to figure, figure out who I am modular wise. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Do we ever really figure it out? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's part of the, I hope it's always a quest. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I was always, um, I was looking for guitar pedals like, you know, like eight years ago I was and, and amps. I was looking for the right combination of guitar amp and pedals. And, yeah. and I was talking to like my guru, the, the local, the local storage guy. Um, and, I was like, man, I just, I got to find something. I'm, I'm getting close, but I just, I haven't arrived there yet. And I was kind yeah. of expressing this frustration. And uh, he said, you don't want to arrive there. Because yeah. if you do, then what are you, what are you going to do next? And <laughs> Hopefully just make music. Yeah, right? well, yeah, I guess that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm chasing down modules so much, I'm barely even making music with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of makes me think of the, the old Euro crack. Oh sure, and yeah. um, being a store owner, have you, I'm sure you've witnessed that with with people who are just yeah. diving in. You probably see a lot of repeat customers coming in, looking yeah, feverishly. And have you? What do you? Have you noticed an age, like an age thing, or is it across the board? I'm kind of seeing a lot of young people getting very into modular recently. It's across the board, uh, mostly because young people can't afford right. to get too yeah. involved in it. You know. Um, we get a bunch of you know teenage kids coming into the store, but they're more apt to get Volcas and boutiques right. mm-hmm. than they are to get um, you know uh, even a Mother Thirty Two or No Coast. Even mm-hmm. though some of the luckier kids you know are able to start with a No Coast or something, but um, but yeah, it's really across the board. Mm-hmm. We get people who've been making electronic music for you know since the seventies who are coming in and, and, and buying stuff, um, people who are retired and, you know, right. and just really enjoying spending their time now making sounds. Mm-hmm. And then people who are, you know, in their 20s who are performing, using a lot of modular right now. Um, yeah, it's a nice range. I've noticed lately going out uh, playing or attending shows, a lot less laptops. Yeah. Um, and a lot more modular or semi-modular gear mm-hmm. um and i kind of have my own theory on that but not to like ask you about a theory you may have never thought of but <laughs> do you have any thoughts on why that might why that might be like well first of all there's there's better equipment available now um you know 10 years ago maybe you needed to bring out your laptop mm-hmm. but now it's not as necessary um also there's a huge laptop stigma uh, a lot of people don't want to see a laptop on stage. It mm-hmm. feels like cheating. Right. Like, oh, my computer is for surfing the internet and buying things. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not for creating, which I think is a bit of a shame because it's such a powerful tool. For sure. And yeah. really, the best way to go about things is to take a little bit from every area. You know, use your computer with your Eurorack, with a, you know something from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And automatically, you, you're harnessing the power of what it is to be alive and creating in this, you know, in 2018. Right, yeah. Where we actually have the ability to take all these things and incorporate them together and make something magical as a result. It's kind of amazing that we that we can do that. Yeah. So. Well, that that was 
that was some sage wisdom right there. Anybody <laughs> listening, like that felt weird about using a laptop. I, I think you're right. You, you, if you use it in the right way, because mm-hmm. I think the stigma with with laptops is you can cheat so easily with them. Sure. Maybe I think. And what is cheating though? Exactly. I mean, I've I've wrestled with that yeah. a lot too. It's it's really you know, it's going to be in the eye of the beholder. And I think if you're doing something that's connecting enough people and speaking to enough people, it doesn't matter if you use a laptop. Totally. I mean, if you look at the biggest you know, performers, there's computers involved Mm -hmm. and they're obviously touching the most lives, whether or not their music is the most interesting. Right. You know, doesn't matter. But, but, you know, certain people have learned that, oh, I can, I can incorporate this in a way that doesn't alienate people. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's right. Um, I got into electronic music and went right into like the Ableton thing for for just performing. I did all my recording with, with hardwares Mm -hmm. and, um, and logic mm-hmm. and then brought and then I would I spent hours and hours creating the song and mixing it and everything and then hours creating the samples to put into Ableton and yeah. then hours like building it. But then yeah. by the time I was at the end, it was so streamlined to where yeah. I was just bored. Yeah. Like when I'd play the show, I'd just like push yeah. a button and I mm-hmm. you know, I was fading stuff in and playing guitar with it. But yeah, I think that was another thing that was very attractive to me for, with modular. Mm-hmm. But after having get you know, gotten into it and wanting to incorporate guitar i am kind of seeing some avenues where bringing a laptop into it would be and you just made me feel a lot better about maybe doing that (laughs) yeah i mean as long as what you're doing is is uh honest and and uh i think it's you know however you want to do that's fair game Mm -hmm. i think any what's uh is there any plan for the future um you guys want to expand or or you just kind of i mean you guys got quite a cool thing going on right now um yeah, I mean, I think really, in, instead of expanding, just taking advantage of, of what we've created here and making it more useful and more purposeful and, and uh, making it useful for everybody, mm-hmm. um, trying to be at, at service for our community. And yeah, I guess yeah. That's the important thing. I've, that's, that seems to be something you guys have in common with Patchworks, you know, with the classes and mm-hmm. everything and then the throwing it through in the events yeah. um, is just... Just being a, a nice hub for people. Um, yeah. So we all we all thank you guys for stuff <laughs> sure. like that. It's such a such a cool service and experience to provide people with. Um, yeah, I think you know uh, culture building is is my main goal. Um, obviously, you know we have to make money to make this whole thing work. Right. But I'd rather not. I I I'm always a little disturbed by uh, kind of the quicker, cheaper, faster, um, uh, movement that, uh, that we're all seeing, um, because it does, uh, push real culture and effort to the wayside, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not to throw anybody under the bus because I, I like the Volca series, but yeah. you know, stuff like that and the, the Roland boutique stuff, like mm-hmm. it's, it's a double-edged sword. It seems like, um, it's, it's kind of like when, when laptops became, usable like it it kind of opened the door for a lot of people to just jump in without maybe cutting their teeth on real instruments first or something sure yeah i mean that's always you know the question is it it, i mean it it seems at the outset like a a good thing like if more people can make more music Mm -hmm. more easily and express themselves more easily maybe that's a good thing but then you know there's always more to wade through to to find the, the good stuff yeah yeah i'm waiting for korg to start making um modules 
I don't think they ever will. I think they've they watched they they let Roland do it first mm-hmm. to kind of see like what's that look like. Didn't work out yeah. for Roland mm-hmm. um, so much, even though I honestly like. I'm surprised more people didn't understand the era modules for what they were capable of. Are they the kind of more recent, like the 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 black, the kind of big fat black ones? Yeah, I mean they're already gone. They're, you know, oh, really? They came and went. Oh, wow. wow! But it's a whole like virtual modular environment. Okay. If you want it to be, uh-huh. or it can just be an effect. You know. Right. I mean, yeah, they're you know, a rolling product, so they're like the engineering compared to you know another. Smaller Eurorack company is is strange by comparison, but and they require a lot of power. But you know, having something that integrates with your wireless device really easily and allows you to oh, I need you know two sampling holds, a delay, and you know uh-huh. a couple other LFOs in an instant. Like it's pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seemed like. It seemed like all of the modules looked the same, yeah, and they were all the same price, yeah. And I think they're really kind of all the same module, uh huh, because of that that virtual app based environment. So maybe they should have just put out one, you know? yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> with, with different firmware you could install. But yeah, I don't think Korg's going to do it. Um, I think what I'm hoping is that they'll just come out with a 2600 clone, and that will be their you know their contribution, right? Yeah, and the, the MS20. Is also super yeah. super fun and mm-hmm. and pretty affordable for what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's one thing I've been really enjoying about Korg is is the quality of stuff they're putting out lately and and its price point. I mean, yeah. I really don't want to sound like I was trashing the Volca series earlier because <laughs> I use I've used the Volca Beats for like three and a half years. It's it's one yeah. of my favorite things. So yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you know, complain about the snare all you want, but it's yeah, the snare does yeah. leave something to be yeah. It's just, it sounds like it does. You know, uh-huh. like, we could complain about the 808 snare if we wanted to because it sounds like it does. But, right. You know. Right. I love this city. I gotta. I just gotta share like two stories with you, and I well, one of them is just a question, and it. Pardon my language, but on my way here, I saw this this guy with a lot of uh, cardboard signs. Yeah, and they were they were all stacked on top of each other, so I could only read one, but I could see the one under it, and it could tell it said the same thing, but in different font and a different sign. Uh-huh. And he seemed to be maybe not of the soundest of mind. Sure, but oh god, I'm trying to remember what it said. It said, "No stalking, fuck ass." <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing here or is that just i'm not sure what that means <laughs> okay i was just uh I that's, was just... that's the first time for me hearing that yeah. i don't think it's like a uh, slogan that the city is putting forth um, <laughs> okay. or anything you know? <laughs> i don't think it's viral marketing right right if that's yeah. what you're asking <laughs> um no, never mind. That's not a good question i don't i i'm trying to ask a question without sounding like i'm trashing anything but i've noticed a lot of local businesses are are allowing big companies to rent their space out for sure. events and stuff mm-hmm. and i just saw this beautiful stonemason building yeah. so like a just a gorgeous old building a nice lawn picket fence around it and everything mm-hmm. and then all these atrocious lift signs in the <laughs> yard and it just it kind of i kind of i don't know has any did anybody approach you guys about doing anything like that or are you too far out of town or uh, I think we're too, you know, I mean, even though a lot of corporations are trying to capitalize on, you know, the 
cool factor of niche businesses. Um, I haven't really gotten it too much. Uh, in the old shop, they uh, someone was filming a Chobani yogurt commercial. Okay. And they wanted like a shot of like people repairing things and then eating Chobani yogurt. <laughs> so we're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can pay us money for that. It's odd, you know. Our yeah. name's not involved, but uh, but it it never made the final cut, luckily. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's just stuff like, like that. Such you a, know, it's very odd. Such an I mean, I get it from the the business standpoint because it could be a great way to you know make half your years you know money yeah. that you need to make. Yeah. But um, also the same time, it's just it's kind of yeah. I, I was just wondering if 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 any of like the viral marketing people have yeah. have uh, put their finger on the pulse of how popular synthesis is getting and. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that Lyft hasn't come here and <laughs> <laughs> tried to take over the showroom. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we've gotten plenty of like, uh, you know, stuff where they want kind of like want to pass the building in a commercial, you uh-huh. know, like car commercial, car drives by, you mm-hmm. know, a building or something. I don't know. Selling out is, you know, there's always degrees of, of selling out. And I don't think we've been offered the, you know, the, the, the really big opportunity to sell out, which right. I don't, I don't know that, you know, we're that interested in that, but, yeah. uh, but little things, if it's like, Oh, okay. You know, this makes us more visible and doesn't really like, you know, doesn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Then that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like what you were saying about using a laptop. Yeah. You know, if you do it honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it is a business. Um, yeah, yeah that was kind of a, that's kind of a, poorly formed question it's just something that popped <laughs> into my head as i saw these beautiful buildings and well, it's an interesting idea for sure yeah. yeah i mean in an age when you know they're constantly companies are constantly trying to reinvent themselves to seem more authentic mm-hmm. you know yeah they have which... to mine every little subculture to to get there and it's you know frequently really disingenuous and insulting yeah yeah that's that's how i feel about it um and again i do not want anybody to think that i'm trashing any of these businesses (laughs) that have allowed this to happen to their establishments because you know i get it um i saw this this container shipping container bar Mm -hmm. and and i was like that's a really cool place so i walked over and uh inside it said like the pinterest something like and i was like (laughs) oh that doesn't fit (laughs) it just doesn't make sense but yeah it looked like a cool little venue yeah. Um, so I, I'm not here for South by I'm here for a wedding. I just happens to be, oh. um, and interesting timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like I would rather be here when it's not happening yeah, to it's get different. the full. Um, but I've heard that a lot of the locals run for the Hills. Is that, is yeah. that true? Yeah. I mean, it's also spring break for a lot of people. So, yeah. you know, we get an influx of people, but also an exodus. We have a university that, um, university population is about the same as, the south by southwest incoming tourist oh, population wow. okay. so it's like an interesting replacement <laughs> oh weird weird is that texas a&m it's a uh, university, uh, university of texas university of texas mm-hmm. okay like um sixty thousand people it's like uh the you know university of washington okay. seattle yeah is also one of the biggest schools in the u.s right okay yeah yeah it is um mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of sequestered to its own own spot yeah um we're it's, have you been to seattle yeah 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 it's, a few times uh, i think um I was just talking to somebody who was on our, the same flight from Seattle, but we were talking about how no one no one really likes to go out to shows in Seattle, and I'm and I really? think a, I have a theory that a lot of that has to do with physical geography. Um, yeah. Our neighborhoods are very mm-hmm. people don't like to leave their neighborhood. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. 
as I was thinking about the physical geography of of where we live and how that could affect uh, show attendance and yeah. and how a, a small scene like what we have could be so fragmented. Yeah. Um, as I got here and saw there's really nothing on the horizon, you know, when I landed in the in the airport, it's just very yeah. flat. Um, and and a lot of your your downtown area is actually mm-hmm. like where the cool hangouts are. Yep. Um, What's your show attendance like? I'm just kind of thinking about that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's still really big. I mean, the city's growing so much, and there's so many people coming in that there's just more people to go to shows. Right. And there's more shows, so it spreads out. But generally, you know, a lot of the venues are still pretty central. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, yeah, spread out too far from the center. Yeah. Luckily, so you know, getting to the, everyone getting to the center is a lot easier, even though everyone has to live further and further out. Right. You know, at least, you know, it, the shows are in the middle of things mm-hmm. always. So you guys get pretty decent, like electronic show turnouts here for local artists. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Hey, Seattle, get off, get off your asses. <laughs> I mean, we, we have people it's come out, but cold it's cold and rainy. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's been really nice to walk around in shorts uh, all day. Um, well, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that there's, I mean, I, I know it's it's there's a lot of music here, but yeah. I feel like electronic music, especially kind of more abstract uh, stuff that you know in the modular world, experimental yeah. or mm-hmm. um, it's a little more niche, so may not definitely. Be, um, I mean, when you, yeah, when you talk about abstract music, I mean, not a lot of people want to listen to abstract music; they never right. have. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to always have a bit more of a a beat to it to get right. people uh, attracted. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, I'm a big fan of this this band called Mount Erie from mm-hmm. from Washington, and yeah. they, are you familiar? I've heard of Mount Erie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, he kind of ranges from some folky stuff to very like he kind of brings black metal influence into indie, yeah. but also noise and experimentation. And cool. um, I was listening to one of his more noisy experimental things this is kind of a drone mm-hmm. and my fiance was just like what do you get out of this like do you like she she like looked at me and genuinely asked like do you enjoy what's happening right now i'm like yeah, yeah this is like one of my favorite parts of this record <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just funny like the, the the different the different things people are into but um yeah that's one thing i, I really haven't uh you know figured out about uh about people is taste and and why do people like the things they do and and strongly dislike other things mm-hmm. you know i'm not really sure that uh, anyone's you know decisively understood why you know why people you know uh form like small groups of fans of you know how people collect together to just appreciate one like you know specific idea musically and uh you know stand apart from other forms of music i I don't know why that works that way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just there's it's there's so many variables in it. Yeah. So it's it's a case by case thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh you know, sonically engaging or like a, 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 an experience that is tied to a sound that you heard during that experience, you know, like Yeah. like I'm on this trip. I have I'm I'm like trying to find new music while I'm here. Yeah. So if I find something I love mm-hmm. in 10 years, that will be my Austin album. You know, it'll always remind me of, yeah. which is, so there's, there's like that component of it. And then there's also the familiarity component. Oh, this mm-hmm. sounds like this other thing that I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and then, um, unfortunately I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, especially for younger people, um, 
how would, how do the other people around them feel about it and how do they feel about them yeah. feeling good or bad about it so yeah, yeah. It's, it's so look liking things in terms of uh, creating an identity mm-hmm. um, to fit within a certain community that that you want to fit into right yeah and i think modular is just is ripe for that i think that's one of the things that people are so into about that like i've noticed it in seattle so like i said it's a small but fractured Mm -hmm. um scene patchworks has been a huge kind of hub for people it's you know it's kind of located and that's totally central but yeah everybody has to travel to get there it's in a weird part of town um Uh yeah so and I, i kind of i kind of get the vibe that that's happening here too yeah, so that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think I could probably go on and, and wax poetically about this, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate your time and yeah, uh, showing pleasure. me around the shop. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything you want to tell people to check out since we have you here? Any bands, record labels? Or? Oh gosh, um, yeah, I've got a, a megaphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we we have great things here in, in Austin. I think people are familiar with Holodeck Records. Okay, um, they. Uh, were kind of, uh, you know, started by guys who were in Survive and, and branched out from there, mm-hmm. incorporated other bands, and, and uh, there are more people involved in that now. Um, that's been a really good uh, kind of um, cauldron for our music scene and, and uh, has given birth to a lot of different things and supported a lot of different things. I'm really appreciative of that. I think that's going strong. Um, some of the people here in the shop who work in the shop are on that label. Um, and then kind of on the other side, uh, we have, you know, like exploded drawing and that whole scene, um, which I think, uh, people should check out as well. There's a bunch of new records kind of involved uh, with that. Um, it's pretty, pretty excellent. Yeah. I'm going to actually go check out all that stuff, uh, when I get some internet access yeah. and maybe those will become my albums that yeah. I'm talk- I was talking about earlier. Your Austin my- albums capturing this moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, right on. Thanks again. Um, yeah. Check out switched, switched on if you're out in Austin. Um, I think you probably can order off of your guys' website too, if you wanted. Yep. Um, and if you need something repaired, yeah. this is the place to go. There's some good people in Seattle I've worked with, um, and in Vancouver, but, uh, if they're shy about anything, you know, chances are we might be able to fix it so right on well thanks again thank you cool that was a fun talk thanks again chad so i'm going to take a few minutes to walk you through some of my favorite tracks from those compilation albums that chad just recommended uh this song that you hear right now is kyle dixon's that way from the holodeck vision one compilation album kyle's a member of the band survive which is best known for scoring the TV show Stranger Things. our next track i wanted to give a shout out to the record store end of an ear in austin they had an awesome local selection they had a really good selection of holodeck cassette tapes and i got a couple of those one by 
an artist that goes by Future Museums, and another by VVV or Triple V. I'm not sure exactly. But pronunciation aside, I have a record by VVV that was released on Hush Hush Records, which is owned and operated out of Seattle by KEXP DJ Alex Reuter, who has been a great friend of the electronic community here in Seattle. So it was cool to see that. This is how I sit down to practice. But I want to say one thing to you. Under normal circumstances, I don't do mine as slow as I used to. I just took it up a little bit of a notch. And that notch is where the feel is. But the attitude is safe. So this isn't really modular music, but it's still really cool. It's from the Exploded Drawing 7 Years compilation. The uh, track is called Boom Baptist, and the artist is Sapphire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is me. Let's get back into some modular music. This is Curved Light from the Holodeck Vision 1 compilation album, and the song is called Endgame Scenario. Thank you. 
All right, next up, I'm going to do one more from the Exploded Drawing compilation album, Seven Years Compilation. This song is called Solar Shield by Star Destroyer, and I kind of get a tobacco flylo hybrid feel from this one. It's pretty cool. <laughs> this episode thanks again to chad and switched on and go to Bandcamp and check out holodeck records and exploded drawing we'll see you next week